And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome in, friends, to the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Chris Welsh. That is Brandon Funston. This is the Week 5 Rank Show. We have taken Jake Seeley's ranks. We've picked them apart. We've thrown them on the ground. We've stomped on them, and we say, no, sir. We disagree with you, but Jank is still kind of the star here. So, you know, go and check out his ranks, which you can do over at theathletic.com. You can pick up a subscription if you don't have it. Follow him on Twitter at All In Kid. Click on his post. That's a really easy way to get to The Athletic, the exact article. You can sign up right there if you have not already done so. I imagine you do. Waivers and ranks, that's what we do. We kind of break these down. You edited it up this week. By weeks are the first week, Brandon. Uh, what say you about Jake's ranks? Did you did you really hate him this week? Let's get some kind. Actually, no, here. I didn't hate him. You know, and, and honestly, with bye weeks coming in, it's going to be hard to find uh, you know a lot of discrepancies because there's only so many viable entities out there. So it gets a little bit harder. So I actually struggled in a couple of positions to to you know find more than one or two that we really disagreed on. But I found a couple we can talk about for sure. Um, and then this is just a crazy week because we're going to I'm sure we're going to talk about it right now. There's some pretty big names where we just don't know uh, yeah. if they'll be slotted in this week at all. Or if they do, if they're on a pitch count. But, I'm um, you know, it's nice to have these guys back, at least in the, dis- the discussion. Numerically, don't get hyper focused, everybody, on like, you know, the actual numbers. It's more about the differentiating differentiating ranges because. Like you said, there are a couple players, there's quite a few players actually that have got some really big questionable tags that are going to be very important to the adjustments. And then you take off four teams as well. It's crazier this week. I am a lot more in line with Jake. And I think after a month of the season, you can start taking bigger swings off of the sample sizes that we have seen. There's actually one, I'll tell you, because I don't think we're going to talk about him, but um, Devin Achan. It's just one of those guys like I'm in, I'm, I'm, I'm all in and how they've used him now two straight weeks. He's getting touchdowns. Jake is the same way. And we both aggressively ranked him this week. He is an RB one for both of us. I, I kind of thought I might be out a little bit on a limb. That wasn't the case. I don't know where you ended up putting him. It's just, it's a great matchup against the giants. I vacillated between RB eight and RB nine, but he is, he's firmly in my top 10. I'm with Ooh, you as well. Yeah. He, you know, he, he put, he put Raheem Mostert a little bit in the rearview mirror, just barely, but it's it was a little bit of a it felt like a little bit of a changing of the guard. I mean, might be too early to officially announce that, but man, I don't know how you're keeping this guy off the field. Yeah, and I was looking. I'll, I'll pull it up here in a second. It's so funny. This is going to be one of those kind of misnomers. Maybe there's a trade that's uh, going to be available for some people. But if you go to like um, the points per week. In, in in the standard format, who the hell's playing in standard anymore? I know some of you are. I don't want to be negative against. Actually, a lot of people I talk to play in very touchdown heavy leagues. That's I've heard a lot of different weird formulas or weird, I say affectionately, formulas that you guys play in. Well, but Alvin Kamara, Mostert, Alvin Kamara drove a lot of people back to standard leagues last week. 
<laughs> yeah, I know 14 <laughs> catches for like 30 yards or whatever. But Raheem Mostert is still the second highest total scoring running back in the league. And it is, I think he has more points in week three than all other three uh, weeks combined. And the only reason I'm bringing that up is like that will still create inherent trade value. If you do think the changing of the guard is happening, he's averaging the fourth most fantasy points. And again, it is all weighted onto week three. So there might be something you can do about it, but we are all team Evan H Devin H Chan this week. But some of these numbers are going to start to move with exactly what you were alluding to. There are a few pieces of news and notes out there. The craziest, biggest one is surrounded around Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor and the team says the ankle is past them. Jonathan Taylor also said, and I think this can go one of two ways. He said all of that, you know, contract stuff was off-season stuff. It's a comment based around moving forward and playing. Or it's a comment that takes back the uh, trade potential and um, the hammer, if you will, to the Colts by not completely decimating every ounce of, of trade. Uh, uh, I'm forgetting the word or the, the word we always use, but like they just didn't have any leverage. There was no, the leverage was gone when Jonathan Taylor freaked out. This might bring back some of the leverage or it is simply Jonathan Taylor saying, Hey, screw it. I'm ready to go. Uh, that's behind us. Let's get, and he'll get his money in the off season. Either way, it's lining up that Jonathan Taylor is playing. And this week looks like he is playing. Jake actually, I believe ranked him 10 in the ranks overall. I'll, I'll confirm that here, but he is ranking him as if he is playing and he is ranked. Uh, nope. I guess that wasn't 10. I thought I saw that I, at, at I 18, 18. Okay. So that's still a starting running back here. What say you on Jonathan Taylor for this weekend? Yeah, I kind of uh, conveniently ranked him 25, you know, just sliding him <laughs> right outside the RB2 class. First of all, super tough matchup against Tennessee. They're one of the best at stopping the run in the league. Second of all, Zach Moss has played pretty well. So, like, I could see this being a pitch count situation if he does return, uh, and and maybe you're not going to see the full workload. So, I this is all, you know, we're here talking on a Thursday. There will be more to this news cycle um, by the time Sunday rolls around. So I might move him. I don't know if I can get to 18, though. I honestly think he's going to be limited in some way. He hasn't played in a long time. And Zach Moss, like I said, has kind of earned some, you know, probably earned some run until Jonathan Taylor looks fully back to being Jonathan Taylor. But again, tough matchup. And a pitch count has me outside the top 24 for Taylor. I think if he's active, I'm in, but I, I laid out this scenario on um on my in this league pod where I said, okay, well, let's say you got like one big back. You know, you got one of the bigger back. I don't know how you well Jonathan Taylor could have fell, but let's say you had like Bijan and then you had some other crappy back and Jonathan Taylor. But off the wire over the last couple of weeks, you picked up A Chan and Kyron Williams. If you're in a situation where it's like, hey, I gotta start three, Bijan, A Chan, Kyron, and Jonathan Taylor. Then I'd sit Jonathan Taylor this week. Like yeah. there are a lot of questions. I do believe there'll be a pitch ish count. I still think it's going to be like over 15 touches while Zach Moss gets some of it. That's a situation where I sit him. But if the situation's like, all right, well, you know, I a chan has worked out and I've got, um, you know, Josh Jacobs and at flex, it's either Jonathan Taylor or, you know, Antonio Gibson or Jonathan Taylor and Dalvin cook. Like I'll start Jonathan Taylor in those scenarios because those guys are not slam dunk. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we'll see where that materializes. You're going to have to pay attention to it. 
leading up to game time, but that is great news. I actually stashed him in one league. The only unfortunate part was I stashed him in a league where I had taken Nick Chubb. And I was like, oh, look at me. I'm going to be Nick Chubb and Jonathan Taylor. So that league has not been going well. (laughs) And I really thought I was in a good, and I got him so late in that league too. The other big one, big, big one is Rams head coach Sean McVay stated that Cooper Cup was going through a normal practice on Wednesday. It's limited. It's kind of limiting what they're doing, but the expectation is that they want him to play and they're hoping he's going to play and he went through normal practice. Those are all really good signs, but what do you think? I mean, are you going to be comfortable throwing him out here, out there? Well, right now I have him slotted at wide receiver 30. It's it's kind of like the equivalent of where I rank Jonathan Taylor. You know, you're kind of like, you're going to wait and see, is he going to be on a pitch count as well if he plays? It's Again, it's been a while. I Probably playing him if I have him. I, I, you know, in most leagues, I'm playing at least three or four wide receivers in my lineup. I can't imagine I'll have, you know, three better options on my team that if, Cooper Cup is out there. I, I think Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup can play catch in the dark. I don't think the layoff is as big a deal for these two guys. Cooper Cup knows this offense like the back of his hand. So if he's if he's cleared to go, my only worry would be the headwind of potentially limited snaps. I'm not worried about that at all because I think 70% of Cooper Cup snaps will still equate to a crazy target share when he's out there. I think when they put him out there, they're out there to throw the ball to him. He's not going to, and I think he's going to come out for blocking downs. I think two wide receiver sets, you could still see Tutu and Puka, but that doesn't really affect me because I think even if, let's say, I have the number in front of me, but I mean, how many snaps would you say he would typically play in a game? You know, Uh, like, you know, typically it could be anywhere from, I don't know, 40, 45 to 65 kind of in that range. It just depends on, you know, game yeah, sure. flow. But. That's fine. Yeah. That's all I'm looking for. And then the target share is going to be some, you know, wild number, you know, what 30, 40% or something like that. Well, if you get him out there for 30 snaps, I think it will be a 50% target share. So I still think he can get his eight to 12, eight to 14 targets per game, even if he's limited in snaps, which makes me feel like I can go kind of not all, all back in, but I don't think it matters. It's just a wide receiver one. Jake's doing the same thing. Jake put him at 10. I think it's the number is arbitrary to us as rankers who weekly rank and try to be the best ranker for the week. For anybody out there, you just start him. And yeah. I don't think there's a scenario where anyone can present some way that I'm not starting him unless they're like, okay, so I got Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, you know, and um, AJ Brown, and then also Cooper, you know, like something stupid that doesn't make sense. I would start him this week, even if they say he'll have some type of a limited snap, because I think when he's out there, he's getting those targets. You're not going to waste him on a lot of blocking downs. You know, and, and major decoy stuff. Yeah, and I'm looking at my rankings. If I'm just waiting for Cup to get cleared to play, because yeah. I'm not rank. I'm not going to be playing him behind Gabe Davis and George Pickens, who I have ahead of him right now. That, yeah. that, that's just not happening. He'll be he'll be a lot higher once I I get the green light. So it's kind of one of those tentative wait and see kind of rankings. I think Friday will be very. If you see that he got in his normal practice or even lifted from limited to full practice on Friday, full steam ahead. I think that's yeah. a full steam ahead when you get to there, but ears to the ground, pay attention. Uh, Javante Williams did not practice on Wednesday. And I think this is a very important one because if he doesn't go, this makes Jaleel McLaughlin 
a very interesting kind of flex play. I think he's at best a flex because P Ryan's still there. And I think P Ryan could get early downs, but I actually think he could make both of those guys flex plays this week. We can consider starting both with McLaughlin being the much, much bigger home run play. Uh, what do you say? If, if Williams is out, are you going to start Jaleel? Yeah, I have Jaleel at 30 at right at running back. And I have P Ryan at 35. So I'm right in the flex range with, with, with both of those guys. I'm certainly going to be more interested in McLaughlin. He has more juice. He's the guy that can break a longer play. Um, it's not a great matchup against the jets, but you know, it's not, it's not the end of the world kind of a matchup either. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in as a flex play on McLaughlin for sure. I think against the jets too, McLaughlin actually might be a little bit better. They, they seem to like to throw him the ball. So yeah. if that defense is stopping the run and they're trying to get some check down stuff, he would play in there. Also Saquon 50, 50 to go this weekend. If he's active, I think we're, we're game, right? Yeah. We're, you know, there's another one hanging out there. We're just waiting to see what the injury status is on him. But if he's out there, he's, RB one range for me. Debo Samuel under a hundred percent. They've already stated he'll be playing less than a hundred percent. I do think I pushed him down. I pushed him into the twenties. If you've got better options, I might play there. He will. He was the one I was going to throw out and say, if I had Debo and Cooper cup and I can only play one, I would have a hard time deciding, but I'd probably go Cooper cup this week. I definitely go Cooper cup. Yeah. Even last week when Debo was banged up, he, you didn't see him get the shares, and Ayuk is just such a monster, and he is an absolute monster every single week. So that's the guy. I mean, Dallas is a much tougher matchup than, you know, as of recent plays, like going up against the Cardinals and stuff, but I mean, the Steelers. This is a much more difficult situation, but that defense has got banged up a little bit, and Brandon Ayuk is a safety net. And as I've said many times, Brock Purdy just does not go through heavy progressions. He just makes his decision and go. Part of that is because the separation the Niners wide receivers and tight ends can get, but he's not a big um, check down, check down, check down guy. The check downs go like this. Uh, Brian and Ayuk, a quick look to number two, and then a dump off to Christian McCaffrey. Like there's not a third. So in a situation like this game, it might be Brandon Ayuk, Kittle, and then dump off to McCaffrey and lets us a design play to Debo. And all I'm stating is I think that makes Debo less of an exciting play, but you know what? You could have a touch. You know, never know. He's the he's a red zone guy for sure. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And lastly, just to throw out here, he's on buy. Austin Eckler says he will play in week six. So just wanted to throw that out there as we're going into buy. Yeah, he reportedly almost thought about playing uh, last week. So it's good. The buy is a great time for him and he should come back you know, being mostly all the way healthy. Exactly. So those are our news and notes going into week five. Let's get to our ranks again. We have Jake Seeley's ranks, which are available right now for on week five over at the athletic. You can check them out. They get updated really, you know, up until game time. It's just a, I would say, you know, star it, favorite it, whatever. Just keep coming back to it throughout the week. What we do every single week is we look at his ranks. We see where we differ and that gives us a good conversation piece for the players to throw out. But if you want like numerical stuff, Go on and check that out, and you can peruse. So quarterbacks, let's start there. Where do we differ? You said it before. I completely concur. 
it's tougher this week. It's a lot tougher to find big major disagreements. Some of the guys I felt I was much higher on, Jake was with me, so we're in the same <laughs> place. But uh, let's hear where you differ from Jake so far in the QB ranks. All right. Well, the one that jumped out at me first was Matt Stafford. I have him at 10. Jake has him at 15. So I have him as a you know, quarterback one this week. Jake has him as, you know, you're playing him in super flex or uh, what have you. But I just like the matchup. You don't run against the Eagles. They're one of the toughest run um, matchups. But Mac Jones, Kirk Cousins, and Sam Howell have all finished as QB1s against the Philadelphia Eagles. Mac Jones and Kirk Cousins both Number two quarterbacks in the week, they faced him. You look at Matt Stafford, he's thrown for 300-plus yards three times. He has a low of 269 yards. The only reason he's not like the number 10 quarterback in fantasy is he's just not throwing a lot of touchdowns. Cooper Cup, we just talked about he could be back in the lineup. I mean, that's just another feather in his cap and maybe the touchdowns. He gets the two touchdowns and throws his usual yardage. He's a top 10 play this week. So I like the matchup. I'm not going to ding Stafford for touchdowns because those are fickle by nature and that can easily turn at a dime. I do think that one's tough. One of the reasons I'm a little, I'm closer to Jake in that I've got some deeper options that have some really good matchups on here, but I think actually Stafford, we might be sleeping on this week. I think we look at the Eagles defense and we kind of have a preconceived notion with it, but Cooper cup changes kind of the look of this offense. If he is really out there, if he's not, I think, and that this is kind of that waiting game. If Cooper Cup is active, I will move Stafford up. If he's not active, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep him in that lower range, which is with Jake and that. Yeah, kind of and, and you know, into so. the nature. The, the one way that Stafford can get hurt is by pressure, and, and Philadelphia does bring pressure. They're top five in pressure rate. But if you have Cup and you have Nakua, those guys are guys that live inside of ten yards. You can hit those guys yep. quickly, and I think Stafford uh, would be there for it. So the other guy, I'm gonna. You're going to like this one, but I'm going Brock Purdy, who I have at number 11. I ain't scared of the uh, Dallas Cowboys, mm-hmm. and uh, Jake has him at 16. Um, one thing I'll say is that Dallas Micah Parsons has been has been dinged up. They, they lost Trayvon Diggs. They are not an elite pressure rate team. And uh, look, at, I mean, I think it's just time that we just give Brock Purdy his due. He's been a top 12 fantasy quarterback this year three times in four weeks. You look at his 10 starts. I'm going to count the game where he came in and replaced uh, Garoppolo to really start his run. It, was it Garoppolo? It was Garoppolo, right? Um, yeah. 10 starts. Uh, no. Uh, yes, was, it, it, it was because it, it, it was Trey Lance and then Garoppolo and then he and then got hurt again. Garoppolo and then, went yeah. down in the first quarter. He came in. So it's been 10 games in that run. He has 18 touchdown passes, four interceptions, three rushing TDs. He's like good every week. Um, like I said, three out of the four weeks this year, he's been top 12. So I just, you know, Dallas, I think at this point, we might have blown them up a little bit too much in terms of the of their defense. And like I said, with the loss to, Travion, to Trayvon Diggs and the banged up Micah Parsons, the fact that they're not an elite pass or pressure rate defense, I think with this offense, they're perfectly capable of combating that defense of the Cowboys. I'm kind of with you on this one. The unique thing about the 49ers is they can kind of hit you on all sides. Brandon Ayuk is an absolute stud. Jake is with, um, it's interesting because Jake is with this sentiment because he has Ayuk as a top 10 wide receiver this week. And I think what that's showing is with that loss of digs, it just changes the dynamic of the cornerbacks. And 
it's even better for Brandon Ayuk. And Purdy having all these options, it could go either way. If the Cowboys were getting pressure, that's what you would worry about. But the 49ers, I mean, they they just, from Kittle to McCaffrey to the two wide receivers, that's why Debo is important to have out there. And even if it is in more of a decoyish type of play, I just think Purdy is safe. Purdy should just be like 10 every single week. I don't think I don't see there's a reason not to put him at 10 every single regardless of the defense, because he's not a big play guy. You're not like, well, this team's gonna be able to take away the big plays and stuff. It's like, no, you have short yardage players. You have McCaffrey who can move the ball and you have one of the best route runners in the NFL in Brandon Ayuk. He should just be 10 every single week. We don't have to say he's like, you know, three. Yeah. He has that crazy upside, but he's just he's there. He's, he's just rock solid. He deserves to be a QB one in consideration. I initially we re-ranked the quarterbacks for the rest of the year this week on on the athletic site. And uh, it was Nando and I and I initially ranked him 13. And the, one of the questions was who, when you look back, do you feel like you have the biggest chance to have blown the ranking? And I was like, well, honestly, probably Brock Purdy. He could probably be seven or eight the rest of the way. And, you know, like that, that would not make me bad an eyelash. So, um, so just chip away at it. That's the way, that's the goofy thing. It's like, there are guys that have extreme, like Anthony Richardson might be one of these guys that has extremes. He's going to have like top, you know, five upside. And then he might have those games where, you know, three quarters, he throws for 45 yards and he's run for 70 and it's still not great. And he could go down to like 15, 16, 17. That makes it kind of tough. You want to know what? The guy that I have an issue with this week with Jake, he used to be the top five, but now he is floating in a bad territory. And I, f- I actually feel uncomfortable about this <laughs> because I know where Jake is at here. Jake has given up on Joe Burrow and he put him at 18 this week. I have not quite given up and I put him at 11 and it is simply because it's the Cardinals. I get the logic. Like we could, I could probably be, if Jake was here, it could be like logic of this, that, and the other thing. And he'd just be like, well, Joe Burrow sucks. He's got to prove it. And that's, I think that's what you do when you throw him at 18. The problem is this is a good matchup. If Joe Burrow is going to get right, this is similar to Justin Fields going up against Denver. Like if you're going to get right, this is a place to get right. Cardinals are giving up the seventh most fantasy points to quarterback so far this year, over a thousand yards passing so far. They haven't given up a ton of touchdowns, but they're also giving it up on the ground. They've had running quarterbacks that have performed really, really well. Uh, three touchdowns on the ground to quarterbacks rushing over a thousand yards passing, which is crazy. Crazy. And check this out. 90 of 129 completion to a temp ratio. That's bonkers. If Joe Burrow's going to get right, this is the game to get right. The negatives T Higgins and just how Burrow is played. Yeah. I love this for Chase. I think Burrow just sits in that general range. I have actually Burrow versus Purdy is a really tough one, but 18 says he is done, done, done. And I say this is the game where you make that decision if he's done, done, done. After four weeks, this is a fantastic matchup. You got to win. I think Burrow can still be a QB one this week against the Cardinals. Yeah, I have him at QB 15, so I'm kind of splitting your guys' difference You're in there. Us. Yeah. Um, I hope you're right though, because I want we need we need Joe Burrow back in in business, man. I just you know I can't you can't be done completely with Burrow. You just know at some point the calf does feel better. I, I just I don't know that there's a status quo of it's oh I play every week and so I'm just never letting it fully heal. I think at some point 
you kind of are. They're not running him at all. He's being pretty stagnant. He's throwing short passes a lot. I mean, they're managing it, and I think eventually they'll get there, and maybe maybe they're you know even further there than they were last week, and I hope so because uh, I just like it when Burrow's good. Everybody likes it when Burrow's good because Jamar Chase is you know amazing and, and all that. So, um, but yeah, I'm just gonna I'm I'm kind of like splitting the difference on that one for this week. Yeah, I would also point out, like, you were talking about defenses and stuff. Like, he's had Tennessee, Rams, eh, but then Baltimore and Cleveland. Like, those are actually, like, tougher matchups just as a general sense here. And he has gone over 40 pass attempts in two of those. He has never had less than 30 pass attempts across the board. And the Cardinals will hands down be the worst team that he has faced so far this season. That was a rough month while also nursing an injury. And this might be just dumb, but... I see Jamar Chase out there calling out, I'm always open. That, to me, is 15 targets to Jamar Chase this <laughs> yeah. week. And the Cardinal secondary is not someone that's going to stop him. So he might not be old Joe Burrow, but if you're sitting there, in my mind, if you're sitting there and deciding, like, well, Josh Dobbs really does have a good matchup against Burrow, I'm starting Burrow over Dobbs. And I love Dobbs this week. He's like a sneaky uh, quarterback for me. Jake has him, I think, is like QB 12. Uh, let me actually take a look. I think, he, yeah, he's got him at 12. He's got him as a starter. He was my big sleeper quarterback of the week. But I'm going to start Joe Burrow because a lot of things work in favor, unless he is just completely broken. And that is also on the table, of course. Let's go over to the running back ranks. You've got two here. And I am with one of yours. And I am on the Jake side with the other. I know which one it is. You're you're always with me on Aaron Jones. I think I'm always on you and me are the Aaron Jones yes. guys. We need jerseys of Aaron Jones. We love them. <laughs> okay, so Aaron Jones, I have at eleven. Jake has at seventeen. Obviously, Aaron Jones came back last week from the uh, from the hamstring injury. He was on a limited snap count. The game got away from him, but that was a Thursday night game against the Lions. Now you get a Monday night game. That's, I think, 11 days of rest for Aaron Jones. So I'm not expecting any kind of limitations for him. And against the Raiders, I, I love the matchup. Uh, they're one of the more generous teams pretty much across the board on the defensive side. Um, and, and so I just think what we're going to see is a typical kind of Aaron Jones game. We saw it in week one when he's right. He's And, and A.J. Dillon, while he's been out, has been horrible. So I just don't think that there's... You know, I think we're going to see close to a bell cow workload. A lot of it could be through the air. I uh, just like the upside for Jones in this one. Yeah, I love that you and I are in that. That's so funny that you could. I do love because uh, it's I joked about this on ITL in the offseason when I would do the mock drafts on on Fantasy Pros. I would get like Brandon Funston loves your draft all the time. You and I are, are <laughs> definitely lockstep on a lot of those things. There's a lot to like about Jones. This matchup does work in favor. Almost oh, four and a half yards per carry this team is giving up. And Aaron Jones being a little bit more of the workhorse makes sense. The one you knew I wasn't going to like is Jameer Gibbs. And I. it's not about necessarily Jameer Gibbs. It's just about how this team uses him. And I love David Montgomery this week. If Amon Ross St. Brown is out, that might be interesting if they go back and do that slot Jameer Gibbs thing. But you have him as an RB2 and Jake has him as a mid flex type of guy. I'm closer to Jake on this one because I'm, I'm really, I, I know the talent is there, but it is like four straight weeks of we're just not getting the usage and Montgomery just keeps looking better and better. 
Yeah, and so my reasoning, Amon Rice St. Brown has the abdomen injury. I don't think I don't know if he practiced today or not. He did not practice yesterday. Um, so that's gonna be a tricky situation. But it's this is the Carolina Panthers that they're playing. They're nine and a half point favorites, tied for the largest favorite uh, of the week. And, you know, Carolina I do this, you know, I put together a, a little spreadsheet each week of all the different defenses. So, I, you know, I put yards per carry allowed to the running back, fantasy points allowed to the running back, fantasy points allowed to the running back. And Carolina, it, there's only one team worse, and that's the Denver Broncos, which wouldn't shock anybody. But Carolina's been bad against running backs. So if they get a lead, if Amon Ross St. Brown is limited, I just think, like, this is a 12-plus touch game for Jameer Gibbs. This is a chance he's got, you know, he's got four games under his belt. This is a chance for them to let him, uh, you know, cook a little bit more. I just like the upside. I think there's a chance that he breaks a big play in this one. 24 is kind of the very back end of the RB2. I'm playing the ceiling here. We haven't seen a whole lot of ceiling from him yet, but, you know, I think it's coming. I I don't think they're going to just, in these kind of situations, always just default to 30 carries for David Montgomery when they're sitting on a lead. I think they will play around with it a little bit, especially if they have a comfortable lead. Yeah, I like, um, and I like David Montgomery. I, I get the play here. One of the David Montgomery is my third, my number three running back. By the way, is he number three? I love I just think it. he's a guaranteed touchdown, and you know, hundred hundred, you know, total yards or close to. I'm it. just waiting for the prop to drop. I'm just yeah. waiting to see what Montgomery is this week to bet that. The uh, Panthers have given up 479 yards rushing this year on 97 carries. There's only three other teams that have less than 100 carries against that have given up 400 yards. It's the Bengals, the Dolphins, and the Cardinals that we spoke about. None are even close. I mean, we're almost 500 yards. Panthers lead the pack in that. So um, I I get your logic into this one, especially if they can use both of those guys. I'm just... I've been giving him the benefit of the doubt for weeks I, and the whole yeah. Dan Campbell, like we're just wait till we see blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, okay, I've seen enough. Like I've, I've seen what I need to see. Well, I, I might need to be bitten because I've kind of held off. I've been reserved. I've been looking at him as DeAndre. So as soon as week one happened, it's like, okay, same old story, different year. You know, this is my first time to really kind of gamble on him as higher than consensus. So if, if, yeah. if I get burned, I'm probably back. I'm back in line with the rest of us. I think I understand the logic of where Jake would mention uh, our biggest difference, but this is a pretty big one. Probably the biggest one between any of what we're doing here is Gus Edwards. I have at 20 versus Jake who has at 32 and he loves justice. Hill. He justice. He'll just keep showing up on his, um, on his waiver column. And he talks about him and, and yes, the number one running back on that team is Lamar Jackson, but Gus Edwards has been the guy that is, that you're seeing the bulk at. And what do the Pittsburgh Steelers do? They give up, rushing yards. They are second in the NFL, only one of two teams to give up 500 or more rushing yards through four weeks. That's the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I don't trust Pittsburgh, who's banged up with Kenny Pickett. I don't trust that they're going to ever have a lead in this game. And what's going to happen in the second half? They're going to run the ball and we're going to see Gus Edwards and Gus Edwards is going to be able to run. I know Justice Hill is there. I know there's a committee there. It's a Gus Edwards week for me. That's why I've got him as a firm RB2. Jake barely has him as a flex. Now, are you between us at all, or are you with Jake on this one? I'm on, I'm at 27, so I'm kind of almost right in the middle. Um, 
And I'm with I, I I I've said this before. I cannot stand Justice Hill. I just completely discount him every time I see anybody say that he's going to have something, you know, have a good game. And Jake is weirdly sort of a Justice Hill guy. I don't know why. Um, I don't know but, why either. <laughs> but honestly, every time I watch the Ravens, I think if anybody deserves more touches behind Gus Edwards, it's Melvin Gordon. Every he he just will have these flash plays or, or you know do something when he gets his limited opportunities a lot more than Justice Hill, but. I kind of agree. If they can get on a lead, you can feel like Gus Edwards has 15-plus carries coming in this game. Gus Edwards has had more carries every single game the following week this season. And if you want to talk about similar defenses, the Bengals give up the uh, six most rushing yards in the NFL so far this year. In the game against the Bengals, Gus Edwards averaged 6.2 yards per carry. He's now going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who give up the second most if you go 15 to 20 carries in this one at the six yards per carry, you can do the math. We might be looking at 80 to 100, maybe a couple catches, a touchdown. Maybe a touch, and how yeah. much do you, yeah, and how much do you want Lamar Jackson to be banging around in a um, in a divisional game if they've got a good lead against Pittsburgh, who might be without their starting quarterback? Actually, they might be better with Trubisky, but I'm just firmly in on Gus Edwards this week. Jake is firmly out because of his Justice Hill. Let's go talk about wide receiver ranks. You've got three good ones here. Let's start off with Adam Thielen. Adam yeah. Thielen, who you have, is a firm wide receiver, too. Jake is not crazy far, but he's putting him in the mid-wide receiver three category. So even with Bryce Young, we it wasn't just an Andy Dalton thing. So talk to us about Thielen. Yeah, if you remember, week one, Thielen didn't do anything, but he was also questionable to play. And I, I think, you know, he wasn't healthy in week one. Week two uh, on the last three games, 31 targets, averaging over 10 targets per game in that span. He has 13 catches of 10-plus yards, which ranks seventh among wide receivers. He's a guy. I mean, DJ Chark, Jonathan Mingo, these guys are doing a little bit, but not much. Hayden Hurst isn't doing a whole lot. I mean, he is the guy in the passing game, and it's been with Andy Dalton, and it's also been with Bryce Young. Detroit's kind of a, a middle-of-the-road matchup in terms of the wide receiver, but I mentioned this before. Um they're also a nine and a half point favorite. So good chance Carolina is going to be uh, playing from behind in this one. I just think, look at what Adam Thielen's done the last couple of weeks. There's no way I'm not putting him in my wide receiver two class. Um, do you want to comment on that? You want me to keep going with Rome, Romeo? Yeah, I, no, I, I mean, you could definitely keep going here, but uh, I just, as a quick, I think I'm with you on this one. I mean, they've got to pass the ball. They've been a little bit less effective with Sanders hurt and Thielen has a rapport now. And I think that's the big key. It's like, it hasn't been any of these other guys. It is like Thielen has a safety net and his numbers have been really low too in the, the prop market, just to let everybody know. But I think I'm in the general vicinity with you on this one. But yeah, let's talk about Romeo Dobbs because you get Watson back. We we can we how many Packers can we like here? We like Aaron Jones, but Romeo Dobbs has Jake mentioned, has been on his waiver wire column every single week, yet you're gonna beat him and you have him as a firm wide receiver. Well, not firm, but you have him as a wide receiver too. Yeah, I have him as a wide receiver two. What does Jake have him at? He has him at 28. 28. I have him at 23. So there's a you know wide receiver two versus an upper wide receiver three difference between the two of us. I just look at 25 targets the last two weeks, uh, putting up big numbers. He's averaging seven catches, 84 yards, and he has a touchdown in those games. And yeah, Kristen Watson's back, but if he has yet to show that he is a guy who commands targets. He, he, he creates big plays, but he does not... He is not your classic chain mover. Romeo Dobbs has been that guy. And 
you know, this is a Raiders team. We liked it for Aaron Jones, but I think it's an even better against the pass kind of a matchup. Uh, their 12th most um, fantasy points allowed to the wide receiver. But when I factor in yards per catch and fantasy points per reception, they're like uh, the sixth best matchup on paper for uh, for a wide receiver. So I just really like the matchup. I like where things go, and I'm not at all kind of dissuaded by Christian Watson's return because I don't think it has a huge impact on target percentage. Yeah, I think I might be just wrong in this general area. I, I'm not in love with Dobbs because I think everything is so mixed. I think, I mean, AJ Dillon has con- completely disappeared, but this is why I also think Aaron Jones has to be heavily involved. Luke Musgrave has kind of this floor now, even I think out of concussion stuff. Jaden Reed is the red zone option. When they get into the red zone, they love Jaden Reed for some reason. And now throw in Christian Watson, who has just not even gotten going yet. So I feel like I don't know or I'm comfortable enough, but to what your point is, Jordan loves passing the ball a lot, you know, a lot more than I think we expected, probably because of some of the injuries early on. It's a very CJ Stroud like moment. And Romeo Dobbs is kind of like their Nico Collins at this point. He's just like safe. He's just safe to be out there. So uh, the, again, the logic makes sense. I just don't trust it. That's one of those things. Like, I don't trust that Romeo Dobbs. And I think George Pickens has been a very difficult wide receiver to trust. I've wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe a lot of this is Pickett. And maybe Jake is building in Trubisky being a better quarterback this week, but he's got him as a wide receiver too. You have got him in the mid wide receiver three range. So is your trust in Pickens gone? Yeah, a little bit with Pickett. Uh, and I think Pickett's going to play. That's what the last I'd heard was that Pickett was, you know, was heading towards he was going to play. So we'll see. You're saying I- it's looking decent. I feel like that's something that, I, I mean, that's a pretty big push and you got a quarterback that's in line. Maybe they will. Maybe they totally will. I'm being a little bit more dismissive, but I don't think that's a benefit for them. Yeah. I don't know if it makes a difference in my ranking. Um, you know, you look at, you look at Pickens, he has a 53% catch rate. It hasn't been good. This, this chemistry has not been working. And you look at Baltimore and I mentioned my kind of like my wide receiver ratings with kind of a, uh, you know, a mix of a, a few different stats and the Ravens are actually the third toughest for wide receivers when it, when it nets out. So, and, and right now the Steelers offense is not hard. Pat Fryermuth is doing nothing. They haven't, you know, they don't really have a good solid number two. It's easy to play, you know, over the top coverage on George Pickens. Don't let him hurt you. And I, I don't know why, you know, the Ravens wouldn't do just that and they can get after the quarterback. And I just think it's going to be a tough situation for George Pickens to put up wide receiver two numbers. So we're, we're kind of flip flopped. Like, he has Romeo Dobbs where I have, you know, where I have Pickens and I have Pickens where he has Romeo Dobbs. Like I would just take Romeo Dobbs because I just like the situation so much better. Yeah. The only thing that could work in benefit of Pickens this week is if they are playing from behind and they're throwing the ball. But I also kind of think maybe it's a little nausea week and maybe it's more just Calvin. Calvin Austin has just been kind of that low safety net. Cause you're right. If they take the over the top away from Pickens, that team and the criticism that goes to Matt Canada. Matt Canada has not found a way to use Pickens differently. And that's what you should do if teams are taking away portions and you only have one really dynamic wide receiver out there. Find different ways. That's what the yeah. Niners do with Debo Samuel. Find different ways. Screen passes, more slants. Try to establish a running game so you can go deep. This is Baltimore team might make it a little bit tougher. But if they're playing from behind, they can throw. But I'm with you. I'm, I'm kind of getting over Pickens. That's my problem. The one I had here was Michael Pittman. This isn't a big, massive difference between Jake and I. 
but it's a difference between him almost being like a wide receiver one in my general vicinity. And Jake has got him really close to being outside of the wide receiver two. It's like 15 to 20. And he had a stinker last week, which I totally get, but taking a look on the overall of the Titans, the Titans are giving up the sixth most fantasy points to wide receivers on the year, which is, that's a pretty big number. They've given up 71 catches to only 97 targets and over 800 passing yards, which is the fifth most. But I looked at the number one wide receiver, the number one wide receiver for each team. The Titans have faced has caught at least seven balls, or I think maybe it was six, six or seven balls. I, I didn't have it in front of me, but I went and looked. Each of the number one wide receiver has had that type of target share, plus coming off of a week, plus coming off of a week where Pittman was phased out, and you might have Jonathan Taylor in this one, and they might be playing from behind. I mean, I, I can't have Pitman, I can't have Pittman in here all the time. But I think this is a little too early to give up Pittman. And I just think the matchup is an absolute in favor here uh, with Tennessee. And the, the run is a more difficult thing for this team to stop. They don't stop the pass and they don't stop number one wide receivers. Every w- number one wide receiver has eaten them up this year. So I like Pittman at 15. He's got him at 20. What say you? Uh, well, I have him at 18. So. I split Always with you guys again, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I guess I'm slightly leaning to the Jake side, but not really. I mean, it's I'm kind of right down the middle. I, I think the point here is that um, you're playing him if you have him again. That's kind of kind of back to what we started with talking about. It's like it's a good enough matchup that you should feel good about definitely having him in your lineup. Yeah, and ultimately that's again people hopefully can discern those type of things. Of we get into these battles about like guys that you're probably just still starting. Sometimes it's more beneficial maybe to like DFS or beneficial to the betting market. Or if you have big decisions, I could see why people would be scared of Michael Pittman after last week. I could understand that. Why could people could be scared of Romeo Dobbs with Christian Watson and Aaron Jones, you know, getting more force. And you can understand that fear. But I'm a Michael, uh, Michael Pittman guy this week. Jake, not so much. Sleeper tight end from you, Brandon. What do you got? Johnny Smith, man. Just looking up his number. I mean, we. He's on a nice little three-game run. Um, I think 37 was his lowest number. He's had a game in the 40s, and he had a 90-yard game, I believe, last week. But he has 10 catches of 10-plus yards. Sam Laporta is the only tight end to have more catches of 10-plus yards. You get Houston this week. He's got the history um, with Arthur Smith. And it's just like right now, he's playing as much as Kyle Pitts, and he's blowing his doors off in terms of actual production. So um, I would say... If you're in a tough spot, John Smith is not a bad play this week. And Jake is just out on those tight ends. He has Kyle Pitts at 19 and Jono at 21. So <laughs> the gap is really close with those guys. I can understand it. You know, yeah. where is the worst? Where is the worst? The, the offense is the worst. And uh, there you go. Those are our rank pieces that you guys can uh, sit on here and you can kind of take with you when you go and check out the ranks over at theathletic.com. Check out the fantasy sports section, fantasy football, or just super easy. Go to All In Kid. Jake has got it. It's usually pinned at the top of uh, his Twitter and you can click right through and you can sign up if you don't have access. That sucker will be updated and uh, it'll hit you all the way until game time. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast because we'll be back again next Tuesday. Jake and I will be talking about waivers. It's always Tuesday, Thursday. We got waivers and ranks for you. And thank you so much for hanging out. Brandon, good luck this week, my friend. You Hopefully too. we, we have some props. Do we have a favorite bet this week yet? 
Uh, prop. I, you and I love I, our props. I like Matt Stafford on the over passing yards. Uh, it's at 277. His low is 269 with three games in the 300s and the Eagles allowing three quarterbacks in the 300s. So there you okay. go. My two favorite, Dobbs rushing yards versus the Bengals, mm. which is a monster. It's, I think it just moved to 21. And uh, Devin Achan rushing yards yeah. against the Giants. Those are my two Yeah, favorites Dobbs has been over so 43 weeks in a row, right? Yep, and it's 20, 21 and a half right yeah, now. And the Bengals are the fifth most rushing yards given up to quarterbacks so far this year. So yeah, uh, Dobbs rushing yards is my <laughs> favorite. So take that with you guys. All right, guys, have a fantastic week. Good luck in your matchups. And we'll talk to you next week right here on the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. 